Well, this is week number four in our series that we're calling Made for Mondays. And uh, boy, I don't know about you, I've enjoyed this series. I've gotten a lot out of it. And, and you know, I've heard some incredible feedback uh, from those in the Valley family, just the difference that it's been making. Love the pictures on social media, uh, folks with their mugs. By the way, the last Sunday here uh, to pick up one of these mugs, we actually have two for the, uh, the, the price, the suggested donation of one. So two for five bucks, uh, 250 each. Um, and and uh, I actually heard a family in the church, they bought one for each of their kids and they serve them their juice on Monday morning before they go to school right there in their made-for-Monday mugs. I thought that was a pretty good idea because they were just trying to get the, the point across to their kids, that's your job. And you know, you really do, you learn a good work ethic or not, it starts off in school. And so I encourage you, maybe parents, pick up a few for the little kidlings uh, there. Make, it's ideal for a Christmas gift. Since it's uh, Thanksgiving, uh, the month of Thanksgiving, since it's November, and uh, I think this is a great, great reminder, um, you know, about what this series is all about as we start a new series uh, next week. And, and today specifically, I want to talk about faith at work, sharing your faith at work, or rather living out your faith at work, on the job, in the marketplace, and uh, wherever it is that you work, if it's a school, whatever your job is, or even in your neighborhood, whatever it is, uh, faith at work specifically is what we want to look at. I want to do a quick review of, of really the primary passage we've been looking at um, in, in the series. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. If you have your Valley app, go ahead and open that up uh, because there's going to be some really cool notes that I think you're going to want to look back on here. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, it says, so here's Here's what I want you to do, God helping you, and we need God's help, really, to embrace this whole idea that we're a minister right where we are. He's placed us there. It's not about Sundays. We're the ministers. Every one of us is called. We talked about that week one. This is what I want you to do, God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work. Yes, God's concerned about that. And you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering, God wants us to place it before him, that our work is worship to him. Our work is worship to him. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can really do for him. And then we talked about this idea, and I want to kind of develop it a little bit more as we talk about faith at work. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus said, you are like salt for everyone on earth. You're like salt for everyone on earth. So I've got some McDonald's french fries <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, right here. Man, these things smell good. Uh, they really do. I'm, I'm not going to eat while I'm preaching. But anyway, I got some McDonald's french fries here. And when Jesus talks about you are the salt of the earth, you know, for so many of us, uh, he, Jesus is saying you're the salt of the earth. Just like that. You're the salt of the earth. Just a little bit. But we get really nervous and we get really, really uptight when it comes to being salt. And we think when Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, that he literally means this is what we're supposed to do to our coworkers, just like this. Okay, you're the salt of the earth. How many want some fries now? Isn't that great? Oh man, this stuff's blowing everywhere. This is not what it means when he says, you're the salt of the earth. He's not talking about this. What Jesus is saying, just, just a little dab will do you. Just a little dab will do you. 
And so, you know, you don't have to have a PhD in theology. You don't have to, you know, uh, you know, when someone says, hey, you know, I heard you're a Christian. Tell me what that's all about. In the beginning, God created. And you take them all the way from Genesis through Revelation, you know, and lunch hour goes over. Instead of 30 minutes or 45 minutes, you go five and a half hours and you both get fired. That's not what we're talking about at all. That, that's a picture of this. I mean, who, who wants some of that? No one does. Jesus said, you're like salt for everyone on earth. And so, just like french fries, just, just a little bit, just a little bit goes a long, long way. This is disgusting. Nobody would ever want to eat this. Actually, I do know a couple of people that would like something like that, but uh, they, they have some other problems as well. But you're like salt for everyone on earth. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's not talking about, as, as we've discovered in this series, he's not talking about clergy. There's no clergy laity, you know, what's sacred and what's secular. Not, none of that stuff. Every one of his followers. You're like the salt of the earth. So I want to share with you now tips for sharing your faith at work. Tips for sharing your faith at work. Really, eight real, real practical, very, very practical things that I want to share with you during our time together today. And, and uh, before we jump in there, hey, big shout out to our Poughkeepsie campus family. We love you. And uh, actually, I'm going to be in Poughkeepsie uh, campus next Sunday as a campus pastor. Pastor Stephen's going to be preaching uh, in, in Hopewell, and I'm going to be there. Look forward to seeing so many in our Poughkeepsie Valley family at, at Regal Cinemas. And if you're joining us online as well, uh, welcome. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, uh, almost 300 people now uh, each week, devices rather, uh, people logging on, joining us each week, and we're so thankful uh, for technology that helps us just to reach uh, so many. Anyone want a french fry? <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's talk tips on sharing your faith at work. Here's the first one. Work for the Lord. Make sure that you understand that you work for the Lord, and we talked about this a little bit, but I just wanted to mention it again. You know, the fact is, your work ethic is your door opener. Your work ethic, if it, the way that you work, is going to open the door of opportunity for you to share faith with other people, or they're not going to want to listen to what you have to say. Your work ethic is your door opener. We saw this, Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 23. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. In other words, no half measures, not half-hearted, all your heart. As though you were working for the Lord and not for people. Your boss is not your boss. God is your boss. Jesus is your boss. And, and so it's so important when we understand this, in week number two we talked about it, when we understand this perspective, we, we won't, you know, kind of like just bend to minimums. Instead, when we recognize that we're working for the Lord, he's our ultimate boss, we become the best employee and we work on the maximum, not the minimums, to glorify God, to, to put a smile on Jesus' face. And, and so, don't let your work ethic wreck your witness. Don't let a poor work ethic wreck your witness, your ability to share your faith with those that you work with. Let your work ethic amplify your witness instead of, could I put it this way, water down your witness. Make sure that you understand that you're working for the Lord. Here's the second thing. Be bright. Shine. 
Be bright. Be bright. We've looked at this. I want to go back to it uh, in, in this final message in this series. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said, You are the light of the world, not the church. You're the light of the world. You are. Not, not those who are ordained. Every follower of Christ is the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Just get that picture. Shine bright, be bright. Get that picture that God wants you to shine and give light to everyone on your job. Be bright. Be bright. It goes on and it says, in the same way, let your light shine. Be bright before others. Watch this, so that they may see what? Your good works. The good work that you do, the job that you do, that, that, you're, that you're maximized. You don't look for the minimums. You, you do it as under the Lord. They'll see your good works and they'll give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Be bright. And, and let me say it this way. Remember, uh, you're not the morality police at work. You're not the morality police. Your, your job is not to point out what everybody's doing wrong. You know, that's, I've always said, you know, being critical is not a spiritual gift, especially if you feel some sort of moral superiority. There, there's a word for that. It's not a spiritual gift. It's called pride. It's called arrogance. And, and by the way, it's not of God whatsoever. So remember, you're not the morality police, but, but there's so many opportunities just being bright. Let me give you a couple of examples of this. When, when on Mondays, people ask you, hey, what did you do this weekend? What did you do this weekend? Oh, man, we were at church on Sunday, had a great, great time at church. Wait, you had a great time at church? What? Oh, yeah, he was talking about, uh, you know, we're learning about the fact that we're made for Monday. Bring one of the mugs. (laughs) Made for Monday? What's that all about? You can just dive right in and start explaining what you're learning there. Or, or we had our community group meeting. What's a community group? Oh, that's a small group in our church where we just share our lives together, encourage one another, and, it's, and, and just uh, uh, we draw inspiration and strength on one another. And we, we, we look at God's word and how it applies to our lives. We just live in that out. You know, just an answer to that question. Don't have to be weird or, or anything like that. The answer to the question, what did you do this weekend? Uh, or, or maybe on the job, you have a role change. And, and oftentimes when there's a role change, different department or, or, or something like that, you know, they'll ask a question, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. And all you have to do is say something like, well, my, my, my personal faith is, is very deep, is very important to me. It's really the center of my life. Just, that's all. Then let them ask it. They'll ask you or they'll just like, psh, they'll silence it. But at least you're being bright there. At least you're being bright. Just saying my, my faith is a really, really big part of my life when people say, tell me a little bit about yourself. Or, or maybe you're in a position of leadership, you know, and leadership development. Well, what if you assigned a book that's not overtly Christian at all, like a John Maxwell leadership book, New York Times best-selling author who pastored for over 20 years. He learned his leadership, John Maxwell did, pastoring. 
one of the best books, and, and it's not, again, in your face Christian at all, is the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. I've, I've gone through that. I've read through it five times myself, but three times with the church staff. It's so important. And, and again, it's not like Jesus everywhere, and it's not scripture and all this stuff, but they're biblical principles. So very important that you could recommend, hey, how about this New York Times best-selling author, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Be bright, shine. Or, or how about <laughs> baptism, water baptism? You say, oh, I got baptized. You know, this Sunday, we have November 4th, our water baptism celebration, or maybe you've been baptized. I went to church and we, for a huge baptism celebration, we have over 20 people that are gonna be baptized, uh, you know, at six o'clock and uh, on November 4th on Sunday. And uh, if you haven't been baptized since becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, this is a great, great, grand opportunity. Not only for you to follow Jesus' example and his commandment. Jesus was baptized when he was 30 years old. And, and after his resurrection, he told his followers, "This is I want you to follow this example. Baptize. Get baptized. Because it's identification with Jesus Christ. And so we have a short class at 4.30. And then at 6 o'clock, Worship team, big celebration, big old cake, and just invite the whole Valley family here to the Hopewell campus. It's this huge, huge moment in the lives of your friend and maybe friends and some family members. So someone says, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Man, I went to church Sunday morning. We're talking about, you know, made for Mondays, and then we had this huge, epic baptism celebration. Really? What's that all about? And before you know it, you're having a conversation about faith, and it didn't happen. It, it wasn't like this. You weren't jamming it down someone's throat. It wasn't like a, a huge wave of, of salt just thrown in their mouth. And so be bright. Here, here's the third thing. Be consistent. It's so important on the job, be consistent. I, I, this, is, this is just critical. Because here's the thing, we're not perfect, but we need to be consistent. None of us is perfect, but we need to be consistent. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 12, the Bible puts it this way. We pleaded with you, we encouraged you, we urged you, this is for you and me as well, to live your life in a way that God would consider worthy. You know, Jesus gave it all for you. He lived a sinless life, and he laid that life down on the cross as a sacrifice for you and for me. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We can't earn it. But do you know what he wants in response? That we would live our lives in a way that God would consider worthy. Consistency. Consistency. For he called you to share in his kingdom and his glory. So important to be consistent. Even this past week, it just kind of was brought home to me. I was actually out uh, meeting some, uh, uh, some engineers, contractors, things like this, at, at the, our building, a sheaf road that we own now. And uh, uh, one of the contractors wanted me to meet uh, uh, one of the potential engineer that was going to work on it. And uh, names sound a little familiar. And when I walked in, uh, we looked at each other and were like, oh my goodness. And I actually coached with this particular engineer uh, back in 2012. wasn't that long ago. And uh, I didn't know he was an engineer. In fact, I think he was just right out of school at the time. And, uh, 
And of course, we just hit it off. And, and here's the thing. We hit it off because, watch this now. Can you imagine if I'd have been a jerk as a coach? He'd be like, I don't want your business. I don't want to work for your church. No way. Can you imagine if I had a reputation of showing up to practice late or unprepared as an assistant coach, and now here it is, I'm coming to him, and, and he's looking at this job? Instead, because that wasn't, that's not my character, that wasn't the priorities of my life, I was prepared, I was on time, and all. instead there was a genuine, could I put it, respect, and, and I would even say almost admiration. And so it, was, it opened the opportunity because of consistency. And it was just that last year that we were assistant coaches together, but there was consistency that I was able to demonstrate so that he said, I'm excited about the opportunity to work with you again. So you never know what God's going to do in the future. That's why it's so important, consistency, consistency. Christians are not perfect, but we are being perfected. We're supposed to be getting better, becoming more like Jesus by allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. We're simply allowing God's grace to change us into that person that he wants us to be. And here's the thing. Your coworkers will notice your life. They will notice the consistency or they will notice the inconsistency. You know, I like to put it this way. A lot of Christians are what I call zigzag Christians. <laughs> Just, just swinging from one extreme to the other. You know, really, really spiritual and really, really carnal. No different whatsoever than everybody else that denies Jesus Christ, doesn't want anything to do with Jesus. They just swing back and forth, back and forth. Zigzag Christians. God wants, by the power of his, his Holy Spirit, living in you, living in me, to develop consistency. We talked about it before, so that there's not like... There's one way we act on a Sunday morning, and then we act very, very differently in church uh, the rest of the week. We act one way in church and one way, a very different way the rest of the time, the rest of the week. Let me put it this way. Don't let the reason you can't share the good news be because you're living a bad news life. Don't let the reason that you feel uncomfortable sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, your faith in Christ with someone else on the job because you're living a bad news life, because your attitude stinks, because you never get your work done on time, because you're always the first out the door. Nobody ever knows what is he really doing in his office? What is she really doing in her office? Don't, don't let those things deter you. Step up. Be consistent. Become consistent. That's the character of Jesus Christ. Be consistent. Here's the fourth thing. Be ready. Be prepared. Be ready. Be prepared. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. I love this. But have reverence for Christ in your hearts. Honor him as Lord. And, and then it's like, here's a statement, and they're going to show how. Here's, here's a statement, and they're going to show how. But have reverence for Christ in your hearts. Honor him as Lord. How? Be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope that you have in you. See, God will give those opportunities for you to explain, hey, we're under all these pre this pressure. We're under these deadlines. Man, they're laying people off. But why is it that you seem to have peace? Well, I'll tell you why. Because my hope is in Jesus Christ. 
And that doesn't mean that I may not get laid off with the next wave. But, but what that means is I am confident and my hope is in him. He's going to provide for me what I need. I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. I choose to trust in God instead. Be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope you have in you. Be ready. Be prepared. In fact, I'd like to just say it this way. I've been praying, and we've already heard stories through the Valley family of things happening. I'm just praying because you're hearing this right now, right where you are. You know what? God knows you're hearing this, and he's preparing people at work. He's preparing people. He's preparing people on the job right now for that conversation to take place. So be ready to love everyone. Be prepared. And and let me just say this also. Don't make non-Christians your targets. Make them your friends. Don't make them a target like, man, you just need to get saved. That's what's wrong with you. You know, don't don't do that. People, People can see through you know, that kind of uh, judgmental, critical attitude so easily. Make friends. Befriend people. Develop a rapport, a relationship with them. Be ready. Here, here's the fifth one. Be praying. When, when, you, when you show up on the job, if it's later today or, or, or tomorrow morning or whenever it is, the next time you show up on the job, just show up a couple minutes early, just Put the car in park. That's really important. Don't keep your foot on the gas and you're going to end up hitting something. Put the car in park and just say, Father, I just ask you to give me eyes to see the opportunities before me today. And Lord, make me aware of the people around me to be salt, to be light, and to share the good news when I get an opportunity. Just be praying. So important. Be prayed up. Some people like to say it that way. On your way to work. And, and then follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes people ask me, how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit or not? Listen, the devil's not going to tell you to share your faith with someone else. He's, ne- he's never going to tell you to do that. When, when you just get that, that urge or in, the, you know, in your gut, as I like to say, that's the Holy Spirit. You're, you're, you're a child of God. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, Holy Spirit lives in you. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. It's, the, it's what we say, oh, it's just a gut feeling or kind of like still small voice, little voice in my head. That's, that's the Holy Spirit when it says, go up and ask them how they're doing today. They look like they're having a hard time. Ask them if there's anything you can help with. And you just be amazed at how it kind of opens up. Obey those promptings. Follow those promptings of the Holy Spirit and pray. The scripture puts it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Even as I'm talking about this right now, there's no need to have anxiety. No need to be stressed about this. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Instead, what are we supposed to do? If you feel anxiety, pray about it. Pray about anxiety everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. God, I thank you in advance that you're giving me the courage to let my light shine. You're giving me the courage to be the salt, 
to be bright in my workplace. Be praying. Here's the sixth thing. Be bold. Be bold. I I think it's so important. At some point, you do have to kind of like say something. At some point. You know, uh, again, going back to the guy that I reacquainted with. I hadn't seen him in six years. Uh, He knew I was a pastor. I don't remember ever telling him that. But, but at some point, it just came up in conversation, more important than a pastor, that I was Christian. But because it, it wasn't about when I'm on the football field, it wasn't about being a pastor, it was about being a Christian. It's just about being a follower of Jesus Christ, being salt, being like all these things we're talking about right now. And, and so I'm so glad, you, you know, that, that uh, thankfully, I'm not saying I do it right all the time, far from it, but I, I must have done it right in that situation with him, uh, that he wasn't like, wait a minute. You're a Christian? You're a pastor? Are you kidding me? You know, and so we've got to be bold. There comes a time we just got to say, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. My faith is really, really important to me. Be bold. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 says, Therefore, since we have such hope because of Jesus Christ, we are very bold. Notice what it says. Because we have hope in Jesus Christ, we're very what? Bold. Not obnoxious. Bold. There's a difference. Not called to be obnoxious. We're called to be bold. That means we're, we're not intimidated. Oh, no, what's going to happen? All this stuff. Do, do you, do, listen, can I just, just put it this way? Just put your mind at ease. Well, Greg, what, what if uh, I'm sharing my faith at work? What if I get fired? Do you trust God enough that he gets you another job because you got fired for sharing your faith? I mean, how small is God to you? How, how tiny and impotent is God? If God has called us to this, he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of me. And so that meant if I was coaching in the public high school, in the public school system that I did for nine years, I wasn't going to be shy about my faith in Christ. Trust him. He's that big. Therefore, since we have hope, since our confidence is in him, not in all this other stuff, it's in him, we are very bold, not obnoxious, not abrasive, not arrogant, not pounding salt in people's face, but we're bold. We're bold. Here's the seventh just kind of tip for sharing your faith at work, and this, is, this might be one of the most important. Be sincere. Be sincere. Be genuine. Be genuine. I love this, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. The New Living Translation especially, I just love how it just brings it home. It says this, don't just pretend to love others. People, people see right through pretense. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. See, we're, not, we're never supposed to love wrong. We're never supposed to love wickedness. We're never supposed to love evil. I, I thought it was so funny how uh, Dr. John Kelly, when he was here last week, he said, some of you love more than Jesus does. Love things Jesus doesn't even love. Because <laughs> the Bible says we're supposed to hate what's wrong. We're supposed to hate what's not Not the people, but the action, the things. Don't just pretend to love others 
Really love them. Be genuine. Be genuine. Be authentic. Be real. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. One of the most important things, listen, one of the most important things that you'll ever do as an employee that honors Jesus Christ is this. When you make a mistake, and we all do, I do, you do. Every single person I've ever worked for did. Every person that's ever worked for me has. Here's the thing. When you make a mistake, take responsibility, own it, and do what you can to make it right. There's something incredibly authentic about that. And when someone else is down on you know, their luck or they're in, the, they're, in the, they're in the dog house of the boss, you do what you can to help. Don't just pretend to love others. People see right through that. People see when you've got an agenda, when it's really something that you want rather than something you want for them. Be genuine. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Be sincere. Be sincere. You know that, uh, well, I'll just move on. Be sincere. <laughs> Here's the eighth thing. Be confident. Be confident. See, we don't have to be scared. Again, you don't have to have a PhD in theology. You don't have to be able to quote, you know, the entire Bible or even huge segments of the Bible. The, the, the greatest way that you can ever share your faith with someone else is to, is to share with them your story of what God has done for you. That's where our confidence comes from. And, and even this next series that we're going to start uh, kicking off next week, Pastor Stephen, and it's called, I Want to Believe, But... We're going to talk about some of the issues of unbelief and, and, and that hold people back from, from really trusting in God. Man, this is going to be a phenomenal series to invite your unchurched friends, family, and coworkers to. This is going to be incredible. I want to believe, but dot, dot, dot. As we really kind of disarm and dismantle some of these these hurdles sometimes that keep people from fully trusting in God. You can be confident. I can be confident in sharing our faith, in sharing my faith. Hebrews chapter 13, verse six, the Bible says, so we can say with confidence, this is what we can say in confidence, because we know this, the Lord is my helper, and he's your helper too. The Lord is my helper, and he's your helper too. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? I don't have to be afraid of, of people making jokes about me that I'm some kind of Jesus freak. They might do that. I don't have to be afraid of that, though. I'm confident in God. He's going to help me. He's going to help me. When I was in high school, they made those jokes about me because of my faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, you know, oh, he's just, uh, you know, he's just so holy. Greg's just so holy and, and all this. You know, and it hurt, but you know what? I knew God was bigger than all of that. He was going to help me. And, and, and it's not something to be afraid of. What, what can man do to me? What can people do to me? The Lord is my helper, so I will not fear. I will not fear. I share with you this, that statistic. 
at the beginning of this series, I think it was 82% of unchurched people say they would attend church, they would come to church if someone just invited them. See, they're more ready than you realize. Your coworkers are more ready than you realize. And right now, as we're talking about this, and, and as I said again, just seeing yourself as a minister, you're the unofficial chaplain on the job right where you are. That perspective just changed. God's going to open even more opportunities to you if you just open our eyes. If we just recognize, you know what? I was made for Mondays. so important you know we look at the book of acts for instance you know so many times it's just kind of funny how we've totally redefined the expectation on these things one out of 40 of the uh, miracles in the book of acts only one out of the four there's 40 recorded miracles in the book of acts only one took place in a religious setting 39 of the 40 took place in the market in the marketplace on the job and we've created this whole entire culture where we think, you know, signs, wonders, miracles, spiritual gifts, all this stuff is supposed to happen on a Sunday morning. That's not the Bible, folks. That's not the Bible. It's supposed to happen on the job. It's supposed to happen in the marketplace, in the workplace, in the workforce. Only one. And the one, I'm giving you that one, the one that out of the 40 that took place in like at a church service was when the lame man was healed, he could walk again, who was sitting outside the gate of the temple. So I'll just give you that one, that one. Just that one. God is with you wherever you go. You are where you are for his sake. He's placed you in your place of employment for his sake. He's placed you in your place of employment for his sake. And so here it is, ready? You were made for Mondays. You were made for Mondays. You're not a mistake. You know, you're not like, well, okay, just got this dead-end job. No, there's no dead-end job. You were made for money. In fact, right now, I want you to just turn to somebody right now, and, and uh, if you're listening at home, turn to your dog. If your dog's cuddled up to you, turn to somebody and say, I was made for Mondays. Go ahead. I was made for Mondays. I was made for Mondays. Now turn to someone and say, you were made for Mondays. You were made for, go ahead, tell that schnauzer, you were made for Monday. Well, it doesn't really apply to him, but anyway, you get the idea. You were made for Mondays. And what I want to do right now is I just want to pray, and I want to pray that we would not take one step forward when it comes to sharing our faith and two steps back. I just want to pray right now that, that really... We would recognize, every one of us, that we work for the Lord. We would be bright. We would be consistent. We would be ready. We would be prayed up when we go to work. We'd be bold. We'd be sincere. We'd be confident in knowing, I was made for Mondays. You were made for Mondays. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Lord, we just scratched the surface about this, uh, this topic of how much purpose and the plan that you have, Lord, not just on Sunday morning, but every other day of the week as well, especially in the workplace where we spend majority of our life working. Working and sleeping, the two main things. Lord, we were made for Monday. And so, Father, I just pray right now that we would really just receive
everything that you want us to through this series and that we in the Valley family would recognize that what happens Monday through Friday, what happens on the job out there is just as significant as what happens on a Sunday morning in our church gatherings. Lord, I pray that men and women and students, Lord, would recognize that they're the unofficial chaplain, the minister, right where they are. And and, and Lord, by your Holy Spirit, help us, Father, to just recognize that we work for you, that we would be bright, that we would be consistent, that we would be ready to, to give the hope, give an answer for the hope that's within us, that we would be praying for opportunities. We'd be bold, we'd be sincere, and we would be confident, Lord, knowing that you are our helper, so we will not be afraid. What can man do to us? We trust you, Lord. Father, help us, Lord, not to just take one step forward and share in our faith at work, but Lord, that we would continue down this path, Lord, and that there would be literally tens and hundreds and even thousands of people in our community that would begin a relationship, a saving relationship with you and through your son, Jesus Christ, as their savior that don't know you today because we were willing to just be who you've called us to be, who you've created us to be on the job. Thank you, Lord. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want to give an opportunity to anyone and everyone in the hearing of my voice right now, if you've never taken that first step of faith to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior and to turn from your sins and just to trust Him with your life, the Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. None of us ever do. None of us ever will deserve it. That's the free gift of salvation. If you've never done that before, just receiving him as your Lord and Savior and trusting him, I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I invite you just to open your heart up to him right now in this moment of contemplation and reflection. He's drawing you even now as I'm speaking. Just just open your heart to him right now and repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, Forgive me of my sins. I turn from my sin today and I receive Jesus Christ. Jesus be my Lord. Jesus be my Savior. Jesus guide me. Lead me. Direct me. By your Holy Spirit from this day forward and I will follow you. In Christ's name I pray, amen.